On this week's episode of Circles Off, I'm going to address a little Twitter beef that's been going on. But most importantly, we're going to get to a very good guest this week. His name is Aaron. He is a college student who also specializes in moving bets, working with professionals to get money down on games. We'll chat with him as to how that came about and how he's doing it. All that and more. This week's Circles Off starts now. Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 129, right here, part of the Hammer Betting Network and presented, as always, by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm Rob Pizzola, joined by Johnny from Betstamp. Back in studio, Kirk replaced me, got into some trouble. We'll get into it in a second. <laughs> Rob, episode 29, only one I could think of off the rip is Felix Potvin. Oh. William Nylander. Oh, n- no. Yep. Yes. He was 39 to start. Then he moved to 29. Doesn't, doesn't Dreisaitl wear 29? Leon? Maybe. Yes, believe so. I'm pretty sure yeah, Dreisaitl. seems like a 29. 29 is hard. I honestly thought about it for a little bit here before coming on air. Uh, the only other 29 I know, and it's just because it came up very recently. Again, we had Barry Horse on again. Barry Horse nickname originates from Eric, Eric Barry, who wore 29. Dreisaitl, 29. Correct. Boom. Marc-Andre Fleury, 29. Oh, the and flower. A, and a great running back season, DeMarco Murray. Oh, how did I not get DeMarco Murray? DeMarco <laughs> Murray, 29. Yeah, aside from that, I have no clue. I have no clue when it comes to sports. I'm betting. sure there's a couple out there for uh, baseball. We'll, we'll, there we'll is figure one. them out. Adrian Beltre. Beltre, Hall of Fame ballot. You, you just got added. Do you he's, he's one of my favorite baseball moments ever. I don't know if you ever recall this. I, I think it was Adrian Beltre. I'm pretty sure. But... Basically, he's in the on-deck circle, swinging his bat, and the whole plate umpire like is like, no, 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 like back it up or whatever. And he literally picks up the on-deck circle to like... I do remember do you that. remember? To yeah. move it, and then he got thrown out of the game. I do remember he, that. It's actually one of the best moves. And honestly, like the ump that threw him out, come on, man. No Just, stones. Yeah, no stones. Zero. I got one. Wait, did, which player did you open with, Johnny? Felix, the cat. Okay, I got one that we'd be in trouble with as Canadians as well. Ken Dryden. Uh, well, I, I, I can't get anything. Dryden, Dryden. Not, even a, not even a Leafs goalie. I think it was just Leafs management. As Canadians. Yeah, not, not sure. I'm not, I mean, I'm sure we can go back to you know 1964 and find a bunch of players with recognizable 29s. I was unfortunately not even conceived yet at that point. I wanted to make a big announcement. I got a new hat. I didn't notice that, man. I got a new hat. If you guys are watching the YouTube, take a peek. <laughs> well, you that looks good. Title. It does look good. That looks good, man. And for those of you not on the YouTube, I'll spoil it for you. It is a hat that was given to me by our sponsor, Pinnacle Sports. Rob? Pinnacle, the world's sharpest sports book, available to betters in Ontario. Find out what the pros have known for decades, people. Decades, 25 years actually to be exact. Pinnacles where the best bettors play. You must be 19 plus in Ontario, not available in the US. And of course, please play responsibly. But we obviously preach Pinnacle a lot here on this program. It's a great sports book. High limits. They don't kick you out as winners. There's a lot to like at Pinnacle. There's apparently a lot to dislike about me. I leave for a week. I was replaced in studio by friend of the show, Kirk Evans. And what happened, Rob? It shit went off the rails. So I, I I woke up to my messages. You can't even go to Bet Bash Four anymore, dude. I'm scared for my life now. No, I in all seriousness, 
I, my phone is going off the hook. And whenever the phone's going off the hook, you're like, all right, what the hell happened? I got a bunch of people messaging me like, hey, you know, like you've pissed off Big D. You're on his shit list. Uh, <laughs> you're on Big D shit list. Like there's a bunch going on. I'm like, what is happening? And then I check my Twitter mentions and this is what I see. I see a message or a tweet from uh, Big D Sports Better, which says, uh, hey, Rob Pizzola, they call me Big D because I'm 6'3", 225 pounds. Crack on me all you want, but making fun of my nickname is infantile. I'm looking forward to seeing your scrawny ass at Bet Bash. Same for Kirk Evans. So this stems <laughs> from last week's episode with Kirk in studio where we did a tweets at Trigress segment. I remember doing it in real time. I remember what the tweet was that I shat on, but- You didn't remember it being that bad? I, I, you don't know when you're in the moment. Play the clip, Zach. We're going to play the clip and we're going to react to this clip. Let's start it here. Feel free to chime in, Kirk, at any time, by the way. Uh, Big D sports better. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you have to put Big D in your profile, I mean, you might be overcompensating. <laughs> I don't know. I feel okay. like it's an appropriate name for this tweet. Pause. That, like, okay. I get it. I can see how someone who's nicknamed the Big D because their middle name is Damon. How am I supposed to know this guy's middle name is Damon, by the way? And that, and, or they call him Big D because he's 6'3", 220. Like, this is honestly, I'm sorry. I, I do not see what is offensive. Classic misunderstanding. Don't, dude, his name is also, uh, his name appears to also be Richard. Big Richard. Big Richard. Okay, but like, do, am, am I out, out to lunch here? No. Like, it, it, does that not come across as a joke? No, it was, it, that's fine. You can't be terrible. Like, I'm <laughs> laughing while I'm saying it. Like, it, it, it comes across. We all know, what's the first thing you think of when someone is big D sports better? If you're, if you don't think big dick right away, you are, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> you are lying to yourself. I'm making my name Big D Producer. Big D. <laughs> <laughs> Just a harmless, a harmless joke. Let's keep going. I, I want to see if I got out of line here. And you honestly be John. I will. John, I will be, be genuine. I'll be yeah. genuine. Yes. This is the, the, the Twitter name and tweet fit perfectly together here. <laughs> Bam. I wiped out a lot of sins with a whale bet on the Raiders. My normal bet unit is $110. I made two bets totaling $1,258 on the Raiders and turned a four and six day into a winner. I've never been so happy as when they batted down that last Hail Mary. So 10 times a regular bet. There's some screenshots that accompany this. That's well. a poor, that's a very poor um, bet. This is not something to be proud about. For the close, I, 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 I can get the emotion. We've been there. I don't know if you've been there. I've been, certainly... No one is immune to chasing losses. As a sports better, you got to try to bet within your limits. I really preach bankroll management. It's very important, but sometimes it's just like poker. No, no poker player is immune to going on tilt. There are emotions at play. Try not to do it for one, but also tr especially try not to share it if it <laughs> happens after the fact. Yeah, like if you're... If you're betting $100 and then you're so upset that you've lost, that you're now betting 10x or a little more than 10x the unit size, you probably should stop betting for a bet. Like, take some time off. Make sure that you're okay with, you know, he was going to be three and six on a day. Three and six days are going to happen a lot, especially, no offense to Big D here, but 
I doubt he's a, a, a winner. So you're going to lose pretty often. If you know, you're finding you're losing and then you're 10xing your unit size, probably should take some time off sports betting. I mean, definitely not a winner because he didn't even <laughs> get good numbers. I think he just uh, opened the sports. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Can you okay, go but click on that FanDuel? What if, oh, you know, we you can't. We can't. Um, Let's see the price. Okay. I get, so, so far to summarize, I, I said that I've been there before. He accused me of being, of being like, you know, I'm not going to go through every single DM and every single response, but he basically said, like, don't act like you haven't been at this spot before, which I did. I've said that I've been at this spot before. We've all yeah. been there, right? I, I mean, we've all been there. So I said that. Now, yeah, but to be fair, you are a dickhead content provider. I, I, I don't <laughs> deny that. I don't, I, I've never denied that. I've never said that I wasn't a dickhead content provider, but okay. So it starts by me resonating with the situation as has Kirk where we're like, yeah, this, this happens, but like, try not to let it get to that. Now we have then gone off into a tangent about him not being a winning sports better. I can see how that can be upsetting because I've taken two situations, one, not beating the close on one bet. And two, chasing a loss. And now... 10x, it, 10x loss chase. Yeah. And say it's not a winning... Those are very common signs of someone who doesn't win at sports betting. Fair? Um, I would say so. The number mainly, like taking a not the best number, also at two separate books, when the limit is higher than that, means that that was probably a sports book balance yeah. at Caesars. Well, I'm just reading the signs. Again, big D, no offense taken. I don't know you. I don't know if you're a winner or not. If you have been successfully chasing steam tracked whatever i i'm first i'm seeing of this is on the screen right now i've never scrolled the profile but that would appear is what it is yeah i don't know who this guy actually his face looks familiar like i might have met him before possibly i don't know whatever but first and foremost i do want to set the record straight that kirk evans was the first person to call him a losing better so if there <laughs> is ever going to be a fight at bet bash wow some sort of exhibition match right under the it's got to be kirk you think you uh, and kirk versus him would have a chance or no i don't want to fight anyone I'm uh, just yeah, saying, I'll, hypothetical, look, look. hypothetical. You know what? I've seen it happen before. Billy Football did it for the part of my take, guys. He fought Jose Canseco. Yeah. I'm putting it out there right uh, now. Canseco took a dive in that fight. Doesn't matter. Big D, I'll fight you. You come at the hammer, you come at circles off, you get you're the coming hammer. at me. I'm bringing the hammer myself. You're going down. You want to scrap anybody? I'll see you there. Bet bash three, time, place, whatever. You want to go earlier, later, whatever it is. I'm a fighter. Go at any time. I got you. I got the hammer. I got their back. That's what it's wow. all about. We, we call Zach. We call Big Zach the D Big producer D. Big versus, versus Big D, D sports better. And that ain't because his middle name's Damon. I'll wow. tell you that. Uh, was there more to that? Did, did, did I go off on Yo, Look at the you might like at the side. Tim Fraley, Kirk <laughs> Evans, and Las Vegas Chris. <laughs> I don't know why I find that funny. <laughs> go go up and, and see if we've... Uh, did, like, did I go do more? Did I talk more shit? About the guy, I mean, definitely not a winner because he didn't even get good numbers. I think he just opened the sports books that he had. But as uh, as GRP wins would say, Big D after a four and six day, which if you're only betting one hundred and ten dollars, by the way, he lost two hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. But but the fact that he had to ten x his unit size makes me think that he was set two hundred and ten bucks. He was pretty tilted about. Or, or that maybe he bet some like money line favorites and it was a lot more. Fair, fair. Right, because this is this is a classic. I'm trying to make all my money back. Yes, not I'm trying to end up with a winning day. So maybe the the there was some stuff in there. But as GRP wins would say, 
Big D, you lost your mojo. You lost your mojo. Just stop betting. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. Take a step back. Take the week off. And honestly, don't do that every time you lose a bet. But if you're in if you're in a tilted mode, it's you know it's very likely you have lost your mojo. And maybe <laughs> maybe you should okay. just take a step back yeah. and calm down a little bit. Big. That was the end of that. So uh, okay, that's why he says, "Did you actually quote GRP wins to validate yourself?" And your opinion of can me. we can we not can we from the outside looking in can we not tell that this is a joke whatever it's a joke but i'm all for not chirping people that's not a good thing to do I, it does feel bad when someone talks shit about you when you're just 100%. trying your best he's not trying to harm anyone he's not doing anything bad so like honestly let's just let's just make it up here let's address we, we addressed this, it if there is some beef then Zach's no handling beef. it on account of the hammer. Yeah, okay, Zach. And if there if there is not, then I think Rob. Not that you owe him an apology, but I think you guys call a truce. We call it a day. Gonna, we move I'm on to our great guest, and we will move on to our guest, Big D. This is nothing specifically that is personal. This is this is probably the the two hundredth tweet we've done on tweets that trigger us at some point or another. The only message I'm trying to get across. And it was easy to get across based off of your first tweet was to not chase losses. Can I just tell people to not chase losses? Yes, I can. It doesn't really fit into the content segment that we're doing, but sure I can. The thing with GRP wins, that as a reference, it's like- it's That was just, a joke. That it's was a, a joke. joke. It's, it, it's the joke that we're all talking about where you've lost your mojo. We use it all the time now. You've lost your mojo, stop betting type of situation. I'm not saying permanently or anything like that, but there is no malice in it. Apologies if it came across that way. Wasn't meant to be that way. If you do want to fight someone, I'm not in the same weight class. I'll get destroyed by you. I don't want to take a punch in the jaw at Bet Bash. I don't. So let bygones be bygones. And if you're going to punch someone, punch my producer, Zach, directly right. in the face. Big D, best of luck with sports betting this year. Hopefully uh, turn a profit and you know, much more winners like that Raiders one. Up next, our guest. Our guest this week on Circles Off is actually a student, but he's also a sports better. His name is Aaron. He goes by at Giants Badgers on Twitter and has come highly recommended by previous guests of the show and other betters in the same space. He is a mover in the space. For those who are unfamiliar, someone who gets down for other people. We'll talk about all that and more. Aaron, thank you very much for joining us here on Circles Off. Thank you, Rob, Johnny. Uh, I appreciate it for you guys for having me. Yeah. Aaron, are you a listener of the show? Absolutely. Wow. We appreciate that. How long have you been listening? Because uh, we've ran this podcast for over two years now. So were you listening on the way up? This is a, just a personal question. To, you know, pat our own backs here, potentially. Um, I would say more so in the last, like, year, year and a half. Once it started going on YouTube, it was a lot easier. Uh, it's a lot, in my opinion, uh, podcasts are better when you can actually see the person. Uh, rather than just listening to them through your Spotify, Apple Music, et cetera. We take that and we appreciate your support. Um, so we'll get into it right now. Give us a brief background um, on yourself, how you got involved in betting space. Yeah, so I would say I first started betting maybe like 14, 15 years old, a couple bucks a game, 10, 15 on like March Madness. My dad would go to Vegas with a bunch of buddies to, you know, enjoy enjoy the time where there's so many games available. Um, then it started heading into, if you guys played um, Madden Ultimate Team, some people might know that. Um, coins, there's a 
uh, website called Muthead that you could uh, bet what's called MHC, which was basically virtual currency. Um, they had a max cap of how much you could win per day, uh, per week, et cetera. But I mean, it was a, basically a, an intro to the space. And then it kind of progressively went from there, started doing like Bovada accounts, uh, running through some promos there, where just take, I don't even know if they were plus EV at the time, but that's can obviously put like your stuff on Twitter that's going to move five points and your Bovada account's pretty cooked pretty quickly. And you'll get a message saying, oh, you're not a recreational player. You were taking away your bonus. That happened more times than I could count. And I was like out of probably tens of thousands of dollars, but that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, and then it started doing like betting partnerships um, through PPHs, legals, offshores, where getting down for other people. And then it kind of turned into what it is today or moving for a good portion of people. Yeah. So let, let's let retrack or rewind here to, you know, the first, it's funny enough that your, uh, your original, foray into like betting even though it's virtual currency or whatever was madden because never heard of that before. that's the first time i think i've heard that as well um but it's interesting but okay getting into the offshore space you you reference bovada specifically and talking through um using their bonuses basically in the early going how did like is that something you figured out on your own did you have a network of people already around you who are like oh you should do this when you start betting like uh, just just walk me through that yeah, I'd say it was more along the lines of trying to make a buck. Uh, I saw it as a potential. I'd say, okay, well, if I'm a break-even sports better or losing a little, I mean, the rollover was, I think it was seven, seven and a half times, maybe 5X on 1K deposit, making 750. So if you just do the math, it's kind of just advantageous to, as long as you're not losing an ROI of like negative 10%, negative 15%, you should be able to turn out with some some profit. I mean, it's not crazy, crazy concepts. I mean, all the offshores offer it. Um, just depends on how deep and entail you really want to get into it. Right now, was it was it like sports betting itself that drew you towards sports betting? Like, was it was it your love of sports, or was it because you saw an opportunity to make money in the early going? Um, I mean, definitely sports betting was attractive. It still is attractive, um, but also, I mean. If you can, t- if you know what you're doing, have a, some semblance of a math background and some just like logic and discipline and emotional control, it's really not that difficult to like the low hanging fruit. As long as you have like contacts and stuff, are not that hard to beat. But beyond that, like obviously sports is going growing up playing baseball, basketball, football, uber competitively bunch of my friends playing college sports was around my like life the entire time so i mean that's what kind of drew me in and then then it was like okay how do i turn this from a passion hobby to more of something that depending on how how far you can scale it to like part-time or full-time jobs now most people in the space i mean almost exclusively are going to start with, you know, handicapping the sport. I think everyone's first venture into sports betting is, you know, trying to figure it out themselves. Um, now, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I understand the vast majority of your income from sports betting is coming from moving for other people, uh, not doing any origination yourself. How did you get to that point of basically, like, was there years of bets where you're basically like, I'm not very good at this. I need to find an alternative. Was it 
moving for others can be more lucrative. Like what, what got you into that state of mind that the handicapping side of things is just not going to be for me? I would say at the beginning, obviously anyone who jumps into the industry, they won't think of moving immediately. Like that's not really the first thing everyone wants to be profitable on their own bets. I mean, I hear it all the time from my friends who are like, Oh, I'm profitable better. And then they coming out with these, like, I'll give an example, Purdue versus St. Peter's. A buddy bets Purdue minus like 400 for like 500 bucks to win 125. And he's, his standard unit's like five to 10 bucks. So, I mean, no, it's not where he's like going to die if he loses 500 bucks. Like the money's not the issue. It's just like overextending the, what you're normally betting and you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage. And then he's like, I'm a profitable better. Well, he excludes that bet. Well, I, I don't think that's really like excludable because that is a bet. Um, and then, oh, showing the emotional control beyond that from like a handicapping perspective, it's a lot harder rather than if you're moving and you don't really decide anything. It's just like, okay, how do I get this down? Like, I just need to find a way, whether it's in person, kiosk, online, offshores, PPH, you name it. Like there's just, you just have to find a way. And if you have contacts and know people, it's pretty doable. When you talk about having contacts and knowing people, how do you get to that point? You're obviously very young. I don't want to, you know, we can see you on screen. I'm not going to get, you're, you're still in school. You're a student. So you're, the way you're talking right now is ahead of literally 99.9% .9 of people your age in terms of your knowledge of the space. How does one come to that knowledge? How does one establish that network of people around them? Sure, I mean... It might seem like I'm this one man operation, which at some point, I mean, I would say I'm at the top of the food chain in this regards, but I mean, I have people across the country being older than me, my age, and like way older than me, partners that are 30 year old lawyers, 30 year old doctors who do this just like, not, I don't even know if to help me out just to make money, they enjoy sports, they enjoy betting, kind of like a combo of everything. I have my friends who are 23, 24 years old who are filling for me, getting bets down, going to the casino runs. I mean, I can't operate six casinos all at the same time. I'm not six people. So, I mean, obviously I have to find people who are trustworthy to be able to get those bets in. Um, it's a lot of reaching out, not being afraid to take no as an answer. Um, just extending yourself to a point that where you can extend yourself, but not like overextend yourself where you become too thin. Um, and basically ruining reputation. Uh, as long as you demonstrate that you're reliable, accessible, time uh, accounting's good, time management's good. I think it's not that hard to move into a uh, move in and move up as long as you demonstrate those qualities that people want to see. So you're you're still in school right now. What's the plan moving forward? Like, what do you want to do? You want to stick with sports betting after you graduate? Scale it up? Or not. Yeah, obviously, I would like to scale it up. I would like to get some people on full time. Obviously, that's dependent on how much we win. Uh, how much can I afford? Uh, there's like a lot of different factors that I have to consider. If we don't make money, I can't really just shell out a, a full time salary to get more people to do this full time. Um, but I mean, on the weekends, I do have a good group of friends who are willing to take poor deals in hope of one day kind of like a startup. Uh, winning it big, but I mean, it's not like 
oh, we're going to be a multi-billion dollar company like Google or multi-trillion dollar company like Amazon, et cetera. But I mean, if they can quit their day job and do this full time, I'm sure a lot of people that are like 25 years old would more than willing to accept that as long as they got the guarantee of like a good salary. How? Like going forward, like Go going ahead. forward, I mean, if I can do it full time, obviously the money's there, everything's there, everything adds up. I'd love to do it. So, so just the plan post graduation would be to try to continue the sports betting side rather than to find a job in the field that you're graduating from. Yeah, that's the plan at the moment and kind of just expand and see, see where things go. Ultimately that's dependent on winning. Can't really do anything if you don't win. So question for you here is interesting, interesting one for me. Um, you mentioned as long as the money's there, right? How much do you think you need to make per year to then say, all right, I'm happy with sports betting as opposed to another career. Given that, obviously, the money's not guaranteed. Right. I mean, you the, in a big year, you got to be making, I think, several, at least 150 to 200, because you all have also have to consider the down years where you may be making zero, even losing. Um, like, not every year is a guarantee. It's not where you go and get your regular corporate job. As long as you don't get fired, you get a paycheck every two weeks. You start losing. Well, then you're paying out of pocket then you have to consider, okay, do I have enough saved up to continue betting? Because, I mean, ultimately your bankroll is your bankroll. You can't just go and find $500,000 on the side of a street to continue betting. If you're losing, then you're just going to dig yourself a deeper hole. It's So, yeah, good year, maybe 150 to 200. But, I mean, that's just dependent on how big your unit size is and how, how all in you are. Because you could really – you really blow up if you really take it poorly and you start losing. No, fair enough. Though The reason I ask is there's a lot of people, especially around your age that, um, you know, have asked me in the past, Hey, like I'm thinking of betting sports. I want to really get into sports betting. Like, is it sustainable and profitable? Like, can I be a sports better term? My answer is always, if you're passionate about it and that's what you want to do, then you got to do that. That's where you're going to make the most. And, you know, whether you win or lose the lessons you learn in chasing that are going to far away anything you would learn from taking a job that you don't enjoy so that's that's always the answer but uh it's interesting to get your perspective on how much you need to make because the, the main thing that i always say as a risk is you might make a hundred thousand this year and that would have out earned your salary at x corporate job or at x you know hourly wage job however it's like you said like the money truly is not guaranteed so the way you got to kind of position it is what's your expected roi what is the minimum ROI you're going to earn? And then work that back as in order to achieve $100,000, if I have this percent ROI, I need to risk this much over the entire year. This is going to be broken out by seasonality. Mm -hmm. September, October, November, December is going to be more heavy. I'm betting a lot of college basketball, whatever. February to March is going to be pretty heavy. And then you scale that and say, this is what I need to be getting down per day to do this. And every single day, instead of looking at it in terms of, I made $700 today. I lost $600 today. Shit, I had a bad day. I lost $1,000. That's not the way to look at it. The way to look at it is I risked this much today. My expected edge is this. Over the course of the year, I will earn this. So every day you go in, you might have made $300 in EV per day. And that was your day's work. Mm -hmm. So if that adds up at the end of the year to a salary that you're happy with, and that's the way you kind of calculate it. So Anyways, I went on a little rant here, but I think a lot of people like, listen, I get asked that question, minimum, minimum, minimum once per week. 
uh, for the past over a year. So it's cool, cool to address it. Yep, for sure. Um, Aaron, just going a little bit deeper into this right now. So how many, how many groups or like how many different people would you say you're moving for right now? So just trying to think. So you're saying sending him plays. Yeah. So, so yeah, for those that, that yeah. don't understand, um, typically what would happen is you have some sort of originator. It doesn't have to be an originator, but some sort of betting group that says, we want to fill X amount of money on this game. We're going to just start sending it out to the people that are going to start betting on our behalf. So I'm asking Aaron here specifically, how many people are directly sending him bets, let's say on a weekly basis? So I would say it's a little more complicated than just that because ultimately I am working with other, other movers who get plays from multiple people themselves. So that I would consider that one entity because he directly is sending me stuff, although he might be getting it from three, four, five different people. So that, I mean, it's a little obvious. Yeah, that's fine. So how many, how many like entities, I guess? Um, six or seven. All right. That's pretty, it's pretty sizable for, um, um, and, and, matching up the amounts that, that you're hoping to make makes a roughly lot of sense. how many plays per day would that be then for the people so on a like college football saturday with college basketball so what would you say like last week um there's a sizable and then if you had nba and stuff 50 to 75 not bad not bad now how how how, how are you like managing this in your current state, like you're, 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 you're in school, you're studying. I'm sure that there's yeah. a certain amount of your time that's going towards studying. You have to write like tests. No, exams. School's not that hard anymore. It was never hard, but certainly not well, hard right now. I, I, Bro, I mean, you're probably like, I, I'll, I I'll say it how studying. it is. It's definitely hard. No, I'll say it how it is. He's doing his entire curriculum. No more than 10 hours a week, including class time. Uh, that's a little under exact. I mean, if I was taking like, uh, kinesiology or something, maybe, but okay. like, as how many hours a week? Here. How many hours a week then? Uh, probably like 15 to 20. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. Like, are there times of day? Do you always have someone on staff? Like whether that's a, that's a friend of yours. It's, or only me. it's just literally you. like, well, so basically what would happen is they, they send me the stuff. Um, and I have my guys across the country, whether they like here, I mean, you can't really, it's poor. Poor management, if, in my opinion, and I'm sure you guys can agree, disagree, or other people who, who have experience in this can agree and disagree, to put all in on, like, three accounts, one per skin, whether it be DraftKings, FanDuel, et cetera, and offshores. Um, because what if that gets limited, then you're done for that. Then you're done with that account for the day. Um, and you really have sometimes have no clue. Like, I was just doing regular college football, week one of the season, day of games, limited. Well, there goes that account. Can't really do anything there. Uh, when I have six other plays that I need to get down. Um, so you have to be able to manage that and properly get everything in order. So basically I get the plays. I have my eight to 10, 15 people that are between the various different places, whether it's PPH, uh, offshore legals, getting down and I'll send them out. I try to distribute it evenly. So we don't have an influx of, like one account's going to zero, one account's like has way too much money and they're, they're not available to play stuff. It's a whole, I, I got my personal stuff that I placed them for myself, like the harder stuff. Um, so it's, it's kind of like 
operating everything. It seems like an actual tremendous amount of work, if I'm being well, honest. It seems easier than it is to a lot of people on, on listening. They're like, oh, yeah, I just send it out and I send the plays to buddies. And the amount of work that that is to actually coordinate is a lot. I can tell. Well, well what, I wa- what I was kind of getting at with the line of questioning, and by the way, don't mean I'm not, I'm not trying to demean at all or anything, but my experience with using uh, movers, generally speaking, is that I send to them, it's going to get bad relatively quickly. The, you know, it's not going to move the screen. It's going to be quiet unless somebody tells me otherwise. But when it's a one-man operation, and like this, this is really stupid. But like I just given a, you're writing a three-hour exam. Done. No bets. No bets getting filled. Right. If someone now sends you <laughs> a bet, like it's just going to be on unread for three hours or whatever. And to me. That would be something where I was like, no, 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 this can't happen. Because then you're always worried about, has this person seen it? They're taking the information and they're going to bet it elsewhere or whatever. It creates a trust issue. So how, how do you, ba- like, how are you managing to balance this all at once, basically? Sure. I mean, if you look at my screen time weekly, it's probably, I mean, my friends know it. They're, they're all like, well, you've got problems. Uh, I'm like 18 hours a day. I sleep for three. Uh, I kind of just, I'm always on my phone. Uh, just kind of getting shit done, whether it's school. I mean, I'll have my phone ready if I'm still doing school, just in case if something comes up. Um, I mean, in a week, it, there's only like a couple of weeks I'll ever have an exam. I mean, the most I ever away from my phone is maybe an hour max. I mean, and within three or five minutes, generally, if you send me six plays, it'll get done in five minutes um, pretty quickly. Uh, the only problem is if it goes to trade a review, then sometimes it can go like 60 seconds, 90 seconds. Um, I mean, it gets accepted, but I, I don't, it's kind of a formality at this point because I know it's going to get accepted. Um, but like, that's the, that's the longest hold is those trader reviews where they might just, sometimes they might not even accept the bet and then move it, which I, I think is a whole nother discussion that is like slows everything down. Um, but I mean, yeah, most of my exams are maybe an hour. Um, always on my phone. So if there's something wrong and I don't respond within 15 minutes, generally my phone gets blown up pretty quickly because they think like I'm dying. The kid, yeah, the kid's there. He's, he's responsive. Uh, Aaron, if, if someone send, sends you a bet on like college football, for example, uh, let's say a side college football um, on Friday afternoon, so one, one day before the game, what typical uh, fill are you returning? How much money? I try to lo- uh, make it as low as possible, so it's whatever they like ask. So what if I said, "Give me the the max amount"? What would what would it be? Between everything, if I really wanted to get everything down, I could do probably. That's it's impressive for uh for the day before for sure, and that would be with or without moving the screen. A lot of people would uh would ask that, and we can explain uh, what that is in a sec. Without yeah, so Rob, without explain so, yeah, I mean I. I don't, I mean, I don't, I could use a 411 uh, bookmaker, uh, BOL, Circa, if I wanted to. I mean, I don't. I mean, the thing is, I, I got enough uh, kiosks around me. I could just walk in with 30 grand cash and just start dumping them all in a, across them. And then even though they hate me and they've, like, they know who I am, they'll generally still take my stuff. Yeah. So just, just to, to add to what Johnny was saying here, generally speaking, a lot of the originators uh, don't want the sharp sports books to move. So when we say moving the screen, we're talking about like Pinnacle, Chris, four one one is a, you know Chris Skin, uh, Circa. Because what will happen is as soon as one of those books moves, 
the rest of the recreational books and PPHs are going to start copy mirroring those lines as well. So it's kind of like a silent bet in a sense. And 25 to 30 K is, is a sizable amount on, uh, on that for sure. Um, do you like, you talked about networking a little bit earlier, getting yourself out there at all. Are you in any way trying to differentiate yourself from other movers or is it just like a thing of, you know, hey, I can help you out here. I'm not offering anything, you know, anything crazy. But, you know, if you're looking for any additional liquidity, like the movers in the space, I've had different experiences with them. People who reach out to me all the time. Lots, lots of them are like, oh, I can get 10% rebate on these types of bets or whatever. Here's a reason incentive to work with me. Uh, some are, you might just want to ask this other person, like what's your sales pitch to someone as to why they should, they should send plays through you? Sure. I mean, most people, if you have problems getting a Canby, MGM, BK, like the standard legals that basically any rec person is like, oh, I can bet whatever the hell I want on it. I, I don't really have an issue there. Are you, and, um, sorry, go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. No, no, continue. My bad, man. Um, basically, I mean, if you think you can get 3K on a WNBA prop, which I have. Um, good luck. Like I just, that's like, like, that's just how it is. So question then for you would be, how are you earning money then? So and this is, a, obviously I, I do know the answer, but explain to everyone listening, how are you earning money if you're essentially getting the information in, betting it, and then giving them a return? Sure. So, I'm sure you, you guys and most people who have dealt with this stuff uh, are very, very aware of how this stuff goes. Sometimes it's a free roll, which I don't do. Um, just not my business model because I don't really, if you're going to send me plays and I want a free roll, generally I don't believe in this stuff. Um, by various different metrics, whether it's CLV, I've seen prior stuff and I'm like, or I've heard it's not the best. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, um, but and then it's just a waste of my time because then I'm if if it does get like low CLV, it's burning accounts, um, and I'm wasting capital that I could be using elsewhere. Then I make you post up, and then it's kind of like, okay, the whole it's a lot of work for not much gain. Generally, what happens is you send me some something depending on how much I want on top. I just add on top. So what he means by the free roll uh, for everyone listening is. Oh, with makeup, obviously. Yes. Uh, not just like. Yeah. So what he means by the free roll is, uh, let's say person A sends the play to Aaron, says, all right, can you get me $1,000 on this bet? Aaron says, yep, great. He bets it for 1000 gives that other guy the 1000 And then if the bet wins, then Aaron would get a free roll percentage. And if the bet loses, then he would have no risk. That's why it's called a free roll. So if that person were to, over the course of the year, lose $10,000, they square up, no issue. If that person were to, let's say, win $10,000, then they would be making whatever the free roll percentage is. In this scenario, let's say it's 20%, and then Aaron would have 2000 in profit for himself without having any risk. And um, as Aaron alluded to, this method, I guess in your words, is not favorable for you because then you would just kind of be like, nah, forget it. If I have to, you know, count on a free roll, then I probably think you're going to lose and I don't even want to waste my time. So I appreciate that. It's a respect and a pro move. 
Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Do you have any instances where you will book the action instead of betting it out? So I don't book any action myself. Um, I only will uh, send it out or bet it myself. Like for obviously the other people. Interesting. Um, just to add a little bit to that. So you, you know you're 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 basically betting out all the stuff or adding like a position for yourself on top of it, but uh, with the nature of how you're doing things, essentially, you have almost no decision making other than like, do I want to to create an additional, um, you know, re- bet on this for myself for the long run? This is it's very hard for me to p- put myself in that state of mind personally. This is just like my own personal mm-hmm. experiences where I basically have like zero decision-making or control over my own bets. Has that, like, did you have to come to grips with that? Because most sports bettors in the space, it starts with, I think, like an ego type of thing. They think they know sports, they want to bet. And like, you know, even my friends around me, as an example, they know that I bet NFL, NHL professionally. This is where I make most of my money. But they'll watch NFL games or NHL games and they'll bet against me regularly all the time because they think that they know better. If I was to send them regular bets, they probably wouldn't bet them if they disagreed with them. They're like, ah, I don't Classic. think, you know, I, I, I don't like this one, Rob, or whatever. They wouldn't bet it, right? Big underdog in the NFL. Was that ever a challenge for you to get into the state of mind of like, I'm just going to bet what other people send me? Or, or was it just like seamless? Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. So I'm, everyone knows Rass. Mm-hmm. You bet Rass. You bet Rass. Um, yeah, yes and no. no well, let's just, let's just pretend like you do. Yeah. Right. Even if you even, even if you don't like, let's just say like you, you let's say you want to buy the package. You can't afford it. Uh, your bankroll is not big enough. You don't have enough outs. Whatever reason is you don't, you don't buy, bet RAS, but you're like, I want to bet RAS. You go into their free plays and you bet them. Even if you buy back, whatever. It's, it's, it's kind of the same concept. It It is. But there's always an element of what I'm betting myself as well. Of course. But I'm just saying, like, if you add that to your portfolio, it's kind of like it's under the same guise of, okay, I'm not betting it myself. Do I like it? Um, do, you, do you just blind tail RAS? I mean, do, uh, how many subscribers do they have and how many people do they um, do? I mean, at the end of the day, it's all results, results oriented. If the guy wins, the guy wins. They lose, they lose. Kind of. Yeah, that's how it is. Well, there, there's a larger conversation to be had about the whole RAS thing because, you know, we, we've had Ed from Right Angle Sports. I think it was episode 100 that we had Ed from Right Angle it's Sports. It's also had on. Adam Chernoff. Yeah, we've had Adam right. Chernoff. You know, we, we've I, I've talked with the RAS guys at Bet Bash. I think it's a really good group of people. Oh, and Mike Craig. Actually. Mike Craig's been on. We've okay. had we've had Craig. Craig. What's up, Craig? <laughs> um, yeah. So so basically, like, it's not strictly that because. With the element of betting RAS stuff, like if you're doing it at a rec book, they're going to see the mm-hmm. CLV report at the end of the day. Like there's more to it than just, than just would you bet this type of situation. There's like a lot to account for. But ultimately, you know, I would always bet RAS because you're going to get a very good price. If you can get that original price, it's going to be great. And then you could figure out what you're going to do with it later on. You can you can sell it, whatever. Yeah, that's but, what he's saying, though. Yeah, for, for when it's that's, it's, that's, that's kind of like exactly my point. Um, well, that's is, only if the like, market is moving on those. That, and if they're not, then you got to cut the. Then you I mean, so generally, what there? I mean, there's certain things that don't move, um, but it's from the same same people that are moving the lines. I mean, I'll give an example. There was a total yesterday 
Um, we got a 152. It closed 160. It wasn't even close. We lost. Kind of, kind of defeats the point. But I mean, if you see that over a large sample size, 100 bets. I mean, obviously that's still small, but a college basketball season, uh, you don't, you don't have the elongation of 3,000 bets or whatever. Um, assuming you're betting like two, two to five bets a day uh, over 100 days, sure, 200 to 500, um, you might lose, but your CLVs four five six seven eight points i mean i believe he's a long-term winner right so it, it, that that's kind of what i was getting to with the whole situation here but is that what you're looking for basically like for you to make a determination of like i want to keep moving this x y and z stuff for the next couple years is it a measure of closing line value is it a measure of profit like how, how are you personally determining that sure it's uh, i would say it's a mix of both because CLV can only mean you'll have the CLV truth or oh, well, I get CLV. I've got to be winning better. Uh, I should be winning every single time. I've actually done like some stuff on the back end of my stuff, uh, closing line value. And for some reason, you, I get negative CLV. My win, although it's a smaller, super small sample, um, the winning percentage is higher. I mean, it's we're talking like 50 bets, so anything can happen in those 50 bets, but it's just like how much equity I have. I'm losing so much equity by the, by how much CLV I'm getting to get to my final, like the actual winning percentage. It just does like some, there's something that's messed up. Yeah. I mean, that's from an origination point of view. That's like, that's when you feel really good about yourself when the market is against you, but you're consistently finding wins. So I, but it does. But it's happen. concerning. It's, it's concerning. It, exactly because the game kicks off and you're like, like fuck. There's like some heavy money opposing me on this, right? But when you win it, you're like, okay, I guess you know. You look at the, at the state of of how you won it as well. That's important, but ultimately, it, it's concerning with with the people that uh, you've worked with. Limited experience, again, not to demean. I'm just stating facts or or whatever. But yeah, um, for sure. We've had people on the show before who talked about. Um, some betters being out there who just bet stuff and, and the stuff's not moving, but they win at way larger than a coin flip rate. You see any of that stuff out there where you have guys sending you plays directly, not moving, which would be great if you could win at a high rate with the number not moving. <laughs> but do you see any of that personally? I wish. Uh, I mean, that, that would be a, a golden goose if they're winning 53, 54, 55% on minus 110s, uh, not moving the screen and I can get X amount on it. That's, that'd be quite amazing. But yeah, I mean, most of the stuff that we're, we're betting, um, whether it's, it's something like F1 and it's moving a hundred cents, 200 cents, um, plus 600 to plus 400, uh, something like college basketball side moving six to seven points. Like these, these burns the accounts quickly. So then you have to evaluate, Oh, is this person running poorly or am I just burning accounts for the sake of burning accounts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys know my thoughts on the whole CLV thing. I will say opinions are allowed to change. Some stuff that we may have said in episode opinions one main... should change based off of new data that becomes available. Correct. In life, generally speaking. With that being said at this current moment, no opinion change on the CLV. If you get negative CLV, you you will lose in the longest of runs. Obviously, you can win in the short term. However, that will just change to positive CLV as you'll start betting more and whoever's losing will start betting less. 
And also, I will add one caveat that's never been mentioned prior um, on this podcast is if you are purposely trying to get negative CLV on these low markets, for, for example, you are purposely trying to hold up the college basketball total, which is not that expensive to do, so that your account doesn't look like you have CLV. If that's the case, then yes, you could win with negative CLV. But that's not really negative CLV. You're, you're just doing that on purpose. It's not really, it's not there. So overall, you know, on the whole debate thing, I still believe in the CLV. But yes, that I'll, I'll add in that caveat. Sure, if you're holding up the line, then that's still going to win. Right. I'd, I'd pose a question to you, though, about the uh, holding the line because – I've tried it um, using 401. Is it bookmaker. is it harder or easier than expected? I think it's a little harder than expected. Of course. Yeah. Now people start people yes. will start to realize it. All, all the people that are uh, roasting um, this pod. I mean, I've 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 done it, and um, I'll see on go on Twitter and wait for some people to tweet. Um, blah 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 added at blah 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 price at blah 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 uh, kiosk or skin, and I'm like. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it, it's worth a couple of dollars just for the entertainment value of watching them chase my number that I'm just throwing out for shits. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. What's funny though is it those people doing that in the long run will likely win because mo- the major the vast, vast, vast majority of the numbers are not being held up, and in certain sports, none of the numbers are being held up on the majors. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some pretty big markets right now that, that potentially are being held up or are not being held up. And, um, the reality is if you think every single price is being held up, that's completely incorrect. Not every single. So incorrect on so many levels. I mean, I can talk about this for hours about like, I mean, I'll look at it and I'll watch someone chase my stuff. That's fake, um, for stuff. And I I mean, I'm, I'm buying out on the other side, just off, off, uh, off markets, I don't lose stuff money, but, um, but yeah, I look at that and then t- three minutes later, five, 10 um, hour, maybe the lines back to what it was. And it's like, I bought off, I, I cashed out. I'm like, did you really though? <laughs> like, there's no way, there's no way. There's no way. No. Are you, uh, are you staring in front of a screen all day? I mean, I, I, I do you I mean, use I have a screen? Some... I'll ask that, I guess. Um, generally no, but, um, I mean, I have, uh, I kind of just, I mean, I have enough stuff that I, I manually can click, click everything pretty quickly and get an idea of like what the best price is. I mean, generally the stuff that's going to be the best prices are your MGMs, DKs, your softer books. So I go there uh, first and then if I see, okay, they're all mirroring a similar price and I go to like your offshores, PPHs. Uh, Caesars and see, okay, these are a little sharper. Uh, where can I like get the best price? What, Generally, it's it's line shop though for me, um, to some degree. What would you say the distribution is of uh, legal versus PPH versus offshore right now? Offshore, I'd say is the lowest, maybe ten to fifteen percent. Legals, maybe fifty. Um, PPH is maybe 35. Um, I mean, I'm getting more PPHs basically by the day. So it's kind of just like, okay, send them my, send them my way. We'll work out a deal. And it's the same people generally sending the same stuff. Uh, because I mean, once you start winning, people are like, I want to hop on the bandwagon. Okay. 
you see you see your monthly check on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when you get paid out, and you're like, yes. You uh, dealt with any uh, any stiffs in the PPH game? Too many to count for. What are, what are the funny What are the funniest uh, excuse? I mean, we get the obvious. I mean, you could know, you could. You could go to, I I started a thing on uh, my Twitter. That's it's what I'm calling the Chronicles. Uh, <laughs> when I get stupid stuff, um, get sent to me between whether it's partners, me, myself getting the stuff. And I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. Like I'm give us one, one example was, for the listeners here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I posted on my Twitter. I'll give two examples. One was, um, I'll pay you $50 until your three K is paid up, but I want an, uh, a week until you p- tell me, um, what the, where you're getting your plays. And I'm like, no, like Just tell them you get them from GRP wins. <laughs> I mean, you could go on long list of who people I could say. Um, but I mean, then I, I mean, I had to make some phone calls three hours later. I was paid. Yeah. But like that, that, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know what that means. $3,000 and uh, $50 a week. It'd take you 60 weeks. It'd take you more than a year. Yeah, I mean, it's over a year. It's, it's <laughs> wasting my time, your time. I'm going to send you a text every Monday. Oh, you want to pay your 50? Okay. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, then it's like, oh, the bot excuse. I mean, that happens Ugh. weekly. I mean, come on. Uh, it's like, goes to show, I, I got a text yesterday. Uh, you'd think that it's a commonplace now. You don't you don't bot and sh- what they call sharping, which I think is, that triggers me. Sharping. Sure. Like, they, they made it a verb. Um, and they're like, yeah, you goes to show you, uh, none of these sites accepted. I was like, um, actually, they generally, it's, usually it's okay and then they just kick kick me off and uh they become a partner and then they start sending me stuff uh it's really not that difficult um another one was oh you're cheating on blackjack Mm. on the pph which i was like it wasn't sent to me it was sent to a buddy um who's free rolling a guy who uh free rolled him so it's kind of a reverse free roll um but (laughs) the old reverse free roll (laughs) um the is he was doing blackjack and he he was winning and he was like you're cheating you you cancel you're in minus 200 um and you're cheating you're somehow even i was, I was just i mean the text the text chains are just wild yeah this is a good chance to remind everyone of a place where you will not get stiffed and you will not get limited and that my friends is my new hat johnny's new hat put the episode title <laughs> pinnacle sports all right, available in Ontario. Please play responsibly. Probably would be pretty bad for SEO if the episode title was Johnny's new hat, as if anyone <laughs> is ever going to search. No, that. no, no, no! Don't make the title. Sorry, put it in the description though. Put uh, like you know, joins for a discussion, and then first thing, Johnny got a new hat. Johnny got a new hat. I might try it this week. Johnny's new hat. <laughs> Johnny's new hat. See what see what we get for hits. Uh, the new thing that I'm getting in the PPH world pretty regularly now, which um, obviously be- for a long time it was like bots, can't use a bot, whatever. Um, but now I get people, agents who send me fake um, lists of the logins with like fake IP addresses. And they're like, oh, what's I going on? I never get sent the IPs. They're always just like, you're coming in from Boston. I'm like... It doesn't matter where I'm coming in from. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. If I was losing, you'd be thanking me. You'd be like, Monday morning at 8 in the morning, send your $500. I'm like, if, if it was the other, I usually wait until like 2 p.m. or something. So it doesn't look like I'm uh, like up and tight about it. But 
I mean, eight in the morning, it's, I just woke up. Yeah. I, it's, it's the stuff that you know is obviously false. Like I'd rather them just be straight up with me and be like, Hey man, like obviously the stuff is way too good. Here's your money. We're closing the account. That's perfect world right now. Even if it's like, Hey, obviously this is like really sharp stuff. It's steaming. We're not going to pay you. That's harder to swallow because you're the expectation is that if I'm down, I'm going to pay, but that's still better than the guy who sends me like a list of like, Hey man, what's going on with all these Sacramento IPs that are logging in. I'm like, dude, there's, that's not, this is not happening. Like it's literally impossible that this has happened. You were just sending me a fake list of IP addresses that show Sacramento. It's not, those are the ones that really get me where they like try so hard to spin a lie. And it's like, no, this is like, just, just tell me this stuff's too sharp. Just tell me that's it. That's all I care. So I would say the worst story actually, the more I think about it was it was like a thousand dollars stiff, maybe 1200 ish. Just the, the story was stupid. He was like anything that uh, beats the line auto void. <laughs> like no matter what it voids, you beat the line, you, you, you get negative CLV. You're good. Like you're allowed to bet ne- uh, zero CLV. You'd good betting. So it'd be, have to be like all live stuff or like right before kickoff or like really shitty stuff. Um, tell them and, to, tell them to up your limits, and then you can just bet a bunch of like little props, and then hit the screen last minute on them and move them in the opposite so direction. I, there, there, I had a method to get past his his BS stuff. Good. I've gotten this guy ten times, and it's always like, oh, it's you again. I'm like, well, don't have your idiot people start sending me stuff. I mean, it's not that hard. Uh, don't start finding accounts left, right, and center. Um, and he goes and says, okay, so I'm going to do a, a report. Anything that got CLV, we're voiding. Anything that got negative CLV and uh, zero CLV, you have to pay, or we, we'll square up. Somehow he comes down the next day, oh, you owe me $205. What? Doesn't even make sense when you owe me X amount. It's just the stuff that happens is wild. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, basically as if he said, you know what? Everything that won, I'm voiding. <laughs> you owe me six thousand. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> uh, it's it's too much. I was waiting right. for that one too. Yeah, it's too much, definitely in the space. Um, thing with the sports betting industry, it's very dynamic, and there's like, I think about the the differences in my betting from like six years ago to now, and how it's extremely different. It's actually funny you're talking about holding up the screen because you know back in the day we used to. F- fake hockey numbers in the morning and they it would just hold like no there was no one playing the market and we would get like a huge fill on the other side and then you know over time that stops working and now somebody starts hitting those fakes really early in the morning and you're like fuck we can't do this anymore so what are we going to do we're going to fake the wrong sides and someone else is going to hit it back the other way the wrong direction and over move it mm-hmm. the other way and we can get a big fill. Then they eventually realize that's what's happening. And it's like all of this, this is basically a dynamic shift in that environment. It happens with the way people are betting. It also happens with like software, um, you know, all sorts of stuff in this line of work. Do you have any like substantial differences from when you first started doing this to now? Has there been an evolution of the craft at all? Or would you say that for the most part, it's been relative relatively like regular in um in how this has all transpired um at the beginning i'd say it was there was there was a there have been phases i'd say like last year at this time i had 
10 or so accounts. Then it kind of like phased down to like three. As you start winning, obviously you get kicked off. And then kind of had a couple breakthroughs that guys found me a lot of accounts. Um, got my, a lot more accounts myself. And it's kind of like progressively picked up to where it is today. Uh, obviously continuing to grow. Um, but it's all about like going back to connections and how many people you can um, like meet. And that's the, I would say that's the biggest dynamic is if you stay stagnant and not even regards to how many accounts you can get or like people, it ultimately comes down to like access rather than anything else. I, I say from a mover perspective, it's it all comes down to the access. Do the people around you that are closest to you know the extent of what you do? Like your parents, family, do have you had honest conversations with them about the extent of this? Yeah, I mean they they understand like some of most of the numbers. Um, it was kind of at the beginning like, all right, Rocco Vinny's going to come to your door and stop <laughs> off your knee chops, uh, your, your knees and your like ankles, and there there you go, they're going to have no legs. Um, but it's it's become more accepted as they like understand that it's a lot more um, profitable than like, once they see the numbers, that's all it comes down to is the numbers. If they see you're making money at the end of the day, as long as that's on the right side of the law, you're okay. Right. Do you ever worry about having a public persona? Um, I don't know if you've ever been on camera before talking about this or, or whatever. There's some people out there that obviously just like want to ride off into the sunset, be quiet. No one ever knows who they are. They go by a telegram alias. No one will ever know their name. Does it ever concern you putting yourself out there at all in this space? Um, not really. Uh, at the end of the day, you can be like on like a TV show, like real Housewives or something. I mean, I don't, I don't think, or like, Love Island or one of those shows. Is it really much different than that? Uh, you could argue yeah, like yeah, being a celebrity. Frowned upon. Yeah, Love Island. Love finding love is not as frowned upon as as winning money in the betting space. I meant the other way around. <laughs> I, I, you, you get you get the point though. It's I would say it's it's not a, even being frowned upon. Uh, it comes down it, putting yourself out there and being able to connect with people and meet new people becomes like opening new doors. Um, whereas other times, if you don't do that, you, your business can become stagnant. Yeah, relationships are key in uh, every single business, no matter what it is, B2B, B2C, um, different industries, whatever. It's There's always going to be some aspect at which being a good people person, being a good relationships person is going to help you out. Um, Mr. Aaron, we talked about a little bit, a little bit about your future plans, staying in the industry. Um, is there anything else that you would give advice wise to uh, somebody that's let's say a year younger than you year two younger than you currently in studying university college um, that's doing betting and that wants to do it or is doing it as a side hustle right now maybe making a thousand dollars side cash what advice would you have for them dm me dm you uh, and, and honestly, well, God, what would you say on uh, the dms i mean it would be like ultimately it's they probably obviously don't have the best stuff themselves they, they could they could monetize their uh time better i think um by doing partnerships i, I do take some risks here and there to uh, get more down obviously sometimes it doesn't end the prettiest but i guess that's um 
for everyone that does, doesn't end the prettiest, I've had some really, really good relationships that have benefited me 30,000 times more than those that have like destroyed. I wouldn't even say destroyed, like setbacks, I would say is probably a better word. So it's making connections, finding the people that are willing to mentor you, help you out and really build those relationships up to greater scale than what you currently have. Cause most likely right now, unless you're creating some model that's, MIT based and you're beating these markets yourself, you're probably not that profitable. Did you? I don't see what MIT has to do with this here. Yeah. I, I just want to. I'm just, I, I, mean, I was just talking. I was more of like the math no, based. Like, you're coming in. Shit, Respect on the answer, by the way. I want to um, follow that up really quickly because you did mention that like DM, there can be people that uh, can be of a help to you and can mentor you. Did you personally have a mentor or did you, did you just like learn the ropes? yourself like do you, are you still learning stuff now do you reach out to other people in the space or is it just more of like i'm going to acquire this knowledge through experience so i would say college uh, acquiring the knowledge through experience ends in this space pretty poorly because <laughs> um, you're going to be throwing money around and then you're going to be like well, why isn't this working and you might just dig yourself a massive hole that's not not un like you can't get out of it but you're already putting yourself behind the eight ball um, but I mean, most people, I mean, there are certain people that won't respond to your DMS, which obviously there's a reason why they're probably not, whether it is they're busy, um, no offense, but they probably don't need you. <laughs> and they're probably like greedy and just want to make their like business grow and they don't really want to expand or they don't need to expand. But most people I would say are pretty open. I do have a couple mentors. They they can help on certain things, but ultimately there is some trial and error, but you got to make sure that trial and error is as cheap as possible. Well said. Yeah. Good advice there. I'll touch back on a previous point. Uh, this relates to business as well, but if you uh, are afraid to enter into a deal, hire someone, take a partnership because you're worried about the downside, then there's really zero chance you're ever going to grow and actually get to it. So um, in order to grow, you will have to make some bets and ultimately you're going to lose some bets. So you just have to win more than you lose. And that's how you end up on top. But, uh, you know, in regards to entering into partnerships, yeah, tough. You're going to lose a couple, but as long as you win more than you lose, uh, you're, you're on top there. Final couple questions for you, Aaron, you got anything else, Rob, before we no, get the final question? Let's, let's, let's go. Yep. We're going to wrap here. So we have this question that we've been now asking a lot of guests doesn't have to be sports betting related, but give us your plus EV and minus EV moves of the week i would say plus ev move of the week would be to find a good group of people that you can trust partnership wise or just in general in life that really are kind of like behind you no matter what willing to go through the tough times and the good times and making sure like everything's okay uh without those especially in betting wise there's so many hills and valleys um Mental health wise, overall health wise, you just got to be able to handle uh, handle those storms. Because if you can't, then you kind of shit out of luck. Okay, that's a good. That's a good one. And then uh, your minus EV move of the week. Teams uh, that I need to score points shooting over eleven from the free throw line, um, kind of goes to beyond to say kind of. When you have an over, you obviously want more points. And when you have an under, kind of, they shoot like they're Golden State. No good there. No good. No boy at all. I have I have a negative EV move of the week for me. Uh, 
this one is a recent realization, all right? We, we all got to be eating, eating better food overall. We got to be eating better food. And I don't mean like the, you know, look at the nutritional facts because that is important, obviously. And you want to like, you know, make sure you're not eating too many sugars or, you know, whatever it might be. However, the actual ingredients in food is such a big difference maker in terms of feeling great versus feeling shit. Been eating, been on a health kick, been eating healthier foods, natural foods from the grocery store, buying better stuff, couldn't feel better. So negative EV move of the week is eating bad food. And I truly believe like, you know, you grab, grab them, you know, something fast food, I'm not going to mention a specific brand, but let's say you grab like a greasy fast food burger, you take natural food from the grocery store that has the exact same specs, same amount of like carbs, sugars, calories, whatever, you're going to feel way better. Mm -hmm. That's the move of the week. You know what? I can say that um, I eat a lot of bad food and I feel like shit regularly. So you, <laughs> try it out. Bro. If you watch my Monday <laughs> night live watch along stream where I pounded like 10 Timbits and a Panzerotti and some beer, and not good. Some leftover Halloween candy. Uh, I didn't, I didn't wake up the following day feeling too good. I'll tell you that. I, I've been a value guy my whole life and I've been a big, uh, Big Uber Eats. I've mentioned it on this podcast multiple times. Massive Uber Eats guy. Was at one point limited on Uber Eats for take for a bonus abuse. Uh, for, <laughs> not, for, not for not for like just for taking advantage of only promos. But I I'd, I'd hit him hard on the promos every day, and um, ultimately got well, I was able I was able to get uh, get my account back. And Uber Eats amazing for saving time and actually amazing for the cost value as well as oftentimes you are. It's actually has been more expensive for me now actually getting food from the grocery store dude they don't, they don't pay the us time. for anything so don't single them out DoorDash, <laughs> get the dishes those are good options as well whatever whatever it might be the food delivery services they're great value and time saving but um yeah ultimately if you're getting the food and it's fast food or it's whatever just lower quality food you're gonna feel worse and uh so yeah i've shifted and um i'm no longer an uber eats guy I'm no longer a food delivery guy I am a natural food man now. That is we, the, the plus EV and minus EV move of the week. We need to find the Joey Kanish tweet where he says he hasn't cooked the meal in three years. He's ordered delivery. That was me second. prior. That was me a couple months ago. That was me a couple months ago. Uh, it's too good. I, at, a, at a previous job, I once knew a guy who had been at the company for 40 years. And um, he's like married with kids, whatever. Been at the company for 40 years. He's about to retire. 40 years in a row, but he never once packed a lunch ever. Bought lunch every day, no doubt. 40 years in a row. That's impressive. I mean, I, I, I go back to Aaron's days. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Zach? <laughs> like, 40 years, 40 is years nuts. bro. 40 years is insane. 40 years, not Monday to Friday, 40 years in a row, never once packed a lunch. <laughs> 40 years. Jesus. That's a lot of. I go back to campus days, though. There was some banger food spots on campus, which I visited like almost every day. Really, you must have some on campus, Aaron. There's got to be like always every single every single college has at least like one or two that you're guaranteed. It's generally like the the late night, uh, two in the morning, drunk, need some food. Those are generally the best uh, spots during the day. It's kind of just fast food. Yeah. No doubt. And then, uh, Aaron, well, this is going to be a wild one because I don't even know how old <laughs> you are, but it's not that old. If you could go back five years to when you were back in probably 10th that's like, grade. That's like 25% of his life, basically. Yeah. yeah. 22, so, so 17, senior year of high school. Wow. 
So if you can go back five years, what is one piece of advice you would give to your former self? The, the, the problem is, like you said, it's so like small in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so much has changed. I mean, I would say try to open up as many doors as possible without like closing doors that you might think are closed or even just shutting them off. Uh, even if that door might open in the future and you might need those uh, people. Yeah, I agree with that. That's really good. Advice. I know. I know it's like a small percentage of your life roughly, but overall it's actually more important. The growth phase from age, whatever, 17 to 22 is much larger than 45 to 50 guaranteed. So you, oh, you, the lessons that you would have for previous self, I think are, are very, very, very uh, important, especially, and, and everyone could probably learn from that. So respect on that. Respect on the whole interview, man. Thanks for coming on, putting yourself out there. Best of luck um, on your exams. No, that's just a little joke. Uh, <laughs> that's in two weeks. No, <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke, man. Best of luck with uh, with betting. Um, wishing you, you know, whatever. The you you got it. You're gonna make it. It's just a matter of uh, of time before you scale it, and I'm sure you're gonna hit all your goals. So we'll be seeing, we'll be hearing from you soon, and hopefully on a future episode as well. Make make sure you check you, him out on Thank Twitter. You, Johnny, thank you, Zach. No problem. I appreciate it. At Giants Badgers on Twitter. His name is Aaron. Make sure you check him out. Give him a follow. This has been another edition of Circles Off, episode number 129. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you smash that like button down below. If you're not subbed here on Circles Off, like 50% of you who watch this episode are not subbed, hit that subscribe button below. Hit that bell for notifications. You'll get notified every time we go live with episodes in the future. Everyone enjoy your week. Good luck with your betting. We'll catch you next week.